Tyler, what's up, homie? What's up, Chad? How we you doing, going? brother? How we doing? Good? Yeah, go ahead and introduce yourself and give everybody your background and your story. Woo! Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, <laughs> you're in for it then. <laughs> so, basically, I've been into health and fitness for eight years now. And, and the short on how I got into it is it was actually when I was pretty young. So, I was in eighth grade at the time, and lacrosse was my number one passion. So, I, I loved playing lacrosse. Everything had to do with lacrosse. And I really sucked at school. So I, my biggest outlet was playing lacrosse. And I was the only kid in our town that wanted to be the lacrosse goalie. So I got to start on all the best teams. I got to play in all the games. And I really had no competition at all. Everything was just handed to me. And eighth grade came along. And another kid tried out for goalie. So I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, this is my spot. Like, come on. Like, there's no way I'm going to lose this. So we're going back and forth. We're, we're competing pretty well in, in trials or whatever. And then I remember sitting down, waiting for the email to let me know what team I'm going to be on. And it told me that I'm going to be on the B team. So I got really upset. I was crying. And my parents obviously knew I was upset too. But the cool thing that happened was the first question I asked myself is, how can I get my spot back? How can I work at whatever I need to work at? Because at the time, I didn't have to work at anything, right? I got everything handed to me. The, when I when I researched how can I get better at lacrosse goalie, the first thing that came up is you got to get you got to get fitter, you got to get quicker, you got to get faster, you got to get stronger. And right. at the time, I had I had no idea anything about health and fitness. Like there was a reason I was a lacrosse goalie. Like <laughs> not only was I good at lacrosse goalie, but I really was slow and, and pretty pretty uh, not naturally gifted with, with fitness. So I told my dad I was like, hey, like I, I want to get healthier, I want to get fitter, so I can get my spot back. And what my dad did for me was he bought me a jump rope, he bought me an agility ladder, and then he also bought me a set of dumbbells, or actually he got a set of dumbbells for my uncle. It was just like some 10s, 20s, and whatnot. So when I got all this stuff, I was like, okay, well, now what the heck do I do with this? <laughs> like, what, what am I supposed to do with all this stuff? So I started searching things online, and, and I started learning how to use the jump rope. I started learning different agility ladder stuff. I started doing push-ups and, and curls and whatnot, and, and I'm sure I was doing a bunch of stuff wrong and, and definitely was not – doing the best strategy to get the result I wanted. But the, but the, the thing is, man, I taught myself pretty much how to do everything in health and fitness. And I did end up getting my spot back. I did end up actually playing two years in college, but I learned two years into two years into playing college ball. I learned, you know what? I love training for lacrosse more than I actually love playing it. So I stopped playing lacrosse altogether. I got a four year degree in exercise science and, and I just fell in love with, with the training. I loved the training. And then during my college years, I, I started building up my own business. And, and that took me – that's another story within itself. We don't have to get into that. But it took me basically two and a half years to go full-time as an online fitness coach for entrepreneurs. And the reason why I chose entrepreneurs is because I'm obsessed with self-growth. And anything – any area in my life I want to improve, I'm obsessed with self-growth. And I think there's two areas or two things in life that really stretch your limits and, and push you to grow. And that's a health and fitness journey and also an entrepreneurial journey. Those two things, especially in my life, really have forced me to grow. So I thought, you know what? I'm in love with both of these areas. Why don't I Why don't I put the two and two together and I can help entrepreneurs, people who are already fucking crushing business. They're already smashing it in business, but I could help them by getting them healthier, getting them fitter, helping them think more clearly, helping them have more energy, helping them have more confidence in their body, which ultimately is going to have a direct reflection on how much money they're making and how they're showing up for their clients and, and really just how they're showing up for their business in general. So that's my story uh, in a nutshell, more or less. I mean, the business story I could go really, really deep into if you wanted to ask questions about that, because um, that was a struggle and a half. But yeah, man, I'm, I'm obsessed with self-growth, entrepreneurship, and fitness. So I made a business that embodies all three of those things. Okay, so for you know other online coaches and aspiring, you know, fitness business people. How did you kind of stand out with the online coaching? Because as we know, you know, everybody is a fitness guru online <laughs> nowadays. Yep. Yep. So like I said, man, this took me about two and a half years. So two and a half years of, of that time, I thought I could do this myself. Like I had the ego. I had what I called the lone wolf syndrome. And I was like, I can do this myself. I don't need any help. I don't need any guidance. Um, but after that two and a half years, I hired my first business coach. 
And long story short, I paid a lot of money for it and I didn't get the results I was looking for. So once again, I was like, okay, I'm gonna have to figure this out myself. And I took like Gary Vee's advice. Oh, you got to be on every single platform. So I literally was on every single right. platform, just pushing, no, pushing content that people were already putting out there, right? Like caloric deficit, eat this, eat that, like very generic health and fitness stuff. Cause I thought, oh, I can help anybody and everybody. Um, but then I hired my next business coach and this guy, he's the one who helped me go full time. And, and now he's helping me uh, reach the 30 K month mark and, and, and so on and so forth. But basically what he told me is you got to be specific. You got to get a niche. So I didn't always want to work with entrepreneurs. Like that wasn't where, where I started. I started off being the generic health and fitness guy, but he was like, you got to get a niche. You got to find people that you feel like you relate with and people that you truly want to help. So I was like, you know what? Yeah. I want to work with entrepreneurs. So I think for aspiring online fitness coaches, for inspiring people that want to train people online, one number one rule, don't be everywhere. Don't listen to Gary V. I literally went from every single platform to going a hundred percent all in on Facebook because that's where my ideal client hangs out. So you got to figure out who your ideal client is. You got to figure out where they hang out on social media and you got to go as hard as a motherfucker in that one um, area. And for me, that's Facebook. So yeah. And, and, and it, the way that I stood out, I guess is yeah. One, I went hard on Facebook and two, I, I really narrowed down who I want to talk to and created my content solely around the person I want to talk to, their fears, their pains, and their goals as well. Okay. What is your ideal niche? What is your yeah, specialty so, demographic? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to work with the high achieving entrepreneur, the person who's working 60 plus hours. They're around the age of 24 to 34. They're, they're, um, they own a company that isn't just a solopreneurship. They have other people in their company as well. And they're inspiring and, and their true motive of business is to change the world, not just to make money. Cause I, if I don't connect with the client's purpose of their business, then I can't connect and relate with, with them personally. And, and ultimately if I'm not connecting with their passion, then why am I going to want to make them more healthy and more fit? Um, to help elevate their business as well. Because I, I feel like I have a direct reflection on if I can make the CEO more healthy and fit, then I'm helping them live out their purpose at a much higher level, at a much more optimal level than if they, if they neglected their health. Right. So what is your 10X goal with your fit business? And do you have anything else as far as pipelines of income aside from that? Mm. 10x goal. I like how you said that because I'm actually going to the uh, 10x growth con in February. Are you going? Yeah. Woo! I'll see you there. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So my 10x goal goal is my next. Well, my next financial goal is to get to the 30k a month mark. I want to get. Um, currently, I actually just had my biggest month. I had my 20k a month mark, my first ever. My next goal is to get to that 30k a month mark. Today, I just hired my first. Uh, ever assistant coach. So I now have a new, like I now have my own team, <laughs> but in 2019, man, I want to have, um, I want to have two more assistant coaches. I want to have a sales team. I want to have, um, and, and basically what I'm looking to do as, as a result of offloading that stuff is I want to really focus in on being the person that can get on more podcasts, be the person that can do most of the marketing and, and bring in the leads and then have somebody take over sales have somebody take over coaching so that I can continue to spread and, and scale the business in that perspective. But from a now, financial, what do, mean, what do you mean as far as an assistant coach? Cause there's, it's kind of a loose title to be defined. What is an assistant coach to you? Yeah. So basically how our program works is we have a Facebook community. We have a Facebook group chat. And then every week we're doing on every Wednesday night, we're doing a group coaching call. And then every Saturday we're doing individual coaching calls. So what our assistant coach would do is they're taking over the individual coaching calls and they're basically being the community manager. So they're, they're making sure that the Facebook group is on fire. They're making sure that everybody's on track. They're giving random calls to the clients. They're tracking their progress and they're making sure that they're following the step-by-step -step basis that we have on our membership site. And then I continue to do the group coaching calls because I like, I honestly like, I like, gr I like group settings more than I like individual settings. Like I feel like I thrive in group settings where there's a lot of people and, and I have to be super energetic and I got to bring it. I love that. So I decided, you know, what, I'm going to keep that aspect of the business as a role that I do. But an assistant coach to me is somebody that is basically going to be the community manager and then also help the clients get their results at an individual level. 
Okay. Got you. Mm-hmm. Now, do you apply entrepreneurial coaching as well into your fitness coaching, or is it just solely like lose weight, gain muscle, fitness, etc.? Currently, it's it's the latter, but in the future, that's actually funny that you mentioned that. I would like to hire a business coach to assist with because the name of our of our program is the Health and Wealth Blueprint, right? So right now we have the health. Okay. The purpose of the of that name is if you elevate your health, you're going to elevate your wealth, right? But now I'm thinking in long term future that I would like to hire a business coach to help assist with me um, helping them with their health. Gotcha. So let me ask you this. If, you know, the young entrepreneur startup individual is your target demographic, Mm -hmm. why haven't you created a startup page to where you can get people that you can invest in their business, but also require that they do a testimony and commit to a change of their physical health as well so that you can target both and multiply both vertically and horizontally. So you're asking why I haven't created a page where I can invest in other people's businesses. I'm, right. Cause I mean, if can you you're looking that? where are you at right now as far as income a month? Cause you said 30 is your target, which tells me you're wanting to make, you know, 360 a year. Right now we're in between 10 and 20. Okay. So you're, Depending on the time of year, obviously, is 10 to 20. Correct. Okay. So for you to multiply that, if I was you, I would go around to, you know, like local B&I groups and start networking there. I would pull them into your program, just do a free like sponsored challenge for all of them, get them together, get the hype built, tell them to join the page, tell them to share it, et cetera for them to be sponsored and be a part of the business and wealth event. That way you have those entrepreneurial connections and then you can use the money that you make from your income and invest into their small startups. Mm. So you're investing in local small business, which is the backbone of America. You're investing in relationships for others to get your name out there. They're creating testimonies, sharing what you've done for them as well as creating an, a presence in both the, you know, health and wealth world. Mm, interesting. Yeah, no, I've never thought of that. We do do something similar though, where we do what's called the free seven day challenge. And then in the seven day challenge, obviously they're getting the workouts, nutrition, and they're not going to change physically, obviously in seven days, but the, the goal of that is to jumpstart. And then every single day I'm doing some sort of Facebook live or, or giving them some sort of content within that challenge. But no, right. I've never thought about investing and I'm still trying to figure out why I would do that. Investing in somebody else's business. Can you explain why I would do that? Well, a you're investing in small businesses. So for instance, Gary V talks about this a lot. He was one of the first people that the founders of Uber went to and pitched and said, invest in us. We'll make you rich as fuck. Right. Mm -hmm. He has made multiple videos and stated he regrets not investing in Uber when offered at first. Makes sense. Because he would already own the jets if he did. Right. Makes sense. Okay. So you're, Oh, okay. So you're saying from more of a personal, it would be smart for me to do that because then for example, if one of these startups becomes the next Uber, then I would, receive massive financial benefit right on i'm not of... saying invest in every business that these entrepreneurial individuals <laughs> then i'll burn myself dry <laughs> well obviously invest in the smart ones right no that's the ones that make sense that's but when you invest into that people see that you're not you know just looking for their money you're actually putting money into them so you automatically gain more trust more relationship strength, more ties, etc., And you eventually will become what's called an angel investor that meets the SEC requirements and bigger startups will come to you. So it's just a trickle effect. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, man. And, and that's kind of cool that you said that because I was thinking, so in the past couple of months, I've really, really been able to bring in like really ideal clients. Like one of our most recent clients is on the same stage with Tony Robbins. And like, 
I'm just in kind of shock. Like, this is exactly the person I want to work with. Like I'm, right. I'm seeing more and more of those people come in. And as that, as that continues to happen, this is a thought that's crossed my mind. I was like, well, yeah, one day I'm going to be able to partner in their ventures that are outside of health and fitness. And I remember you asked earlier in this call, is there any other way that I make income? And no, not currently, but what my business coach is having me do is I created a separate bank account where 10% of all incoming money is going into that bank account, which eventually will be invested in most likely real estate. Okay. Now, what do you know about the real estate market? Oh, zero. <laughs> so let me tell you this, because this is how I operate. And outside, this is, outside of health and fitness, Tyler, I don't know much. <laughs> that's expected. And, you know, like you said, you know, you found your niche, you went 100% into the rabbit hole and created something out of it. Hmm. So for me, real estate isn't just property. It's not just an asset. You know, real estate is a way that you think, a way that you act. You are real estate, okay? So real estate is a state of mind, in my opinion, meaning it's not something where somebody just goes, buys or sells a piece of property, right? Mm. People are putting money into you and investing in your mindset, your way of producing, and thus it multiplies into their life. And you influence others through your real estate knowledge. Mm, got it. Okay, so you're saying you're the real estate, and you're the you're the owner exactly. of your assets. So people are investing in you. You're the asset is what I'm saying. Your face, your name, your body. Right. Yeah. Your personal everything. brand. You are real estate. It's not just a building. It's not you know just a fancy car that somebody can buy that's worth a lot of money, etc. So, for instance, I run a 50 plus agent real estate company that I'm fixing to expand out of Ohio and Chicago in 2020. Right. Mm. And when I first came into Ohio, I got a lot of backlash saying that I didn't know what I was talking about, et cetera. I was a new agent. I don't have a specialty or a niche as a new agent. I'm still finding it, et cetera. But now these people are coming to me and asking me how to get investors to work with them mm. because I've told them. So right now in the real estate world, okay, we're actually transitioning the first quarter of 2019 into a full normal market from a buyer slash seller market, depending on the area, meaning we're going from a 30 to 45 day DOM, meaning days on market that something sits to a 90, 120 day average of DOM in residential. Because of the rate, it's going to be a smaller version of 0708. We're going to have another contraction, whether it'll be as big or smaller, etc. I can't really say. I can personally tell you, though, that come 23, 24, we're going to be seeing a huge stagnation in residential and a huge scaling of individuals who have already invested in real estate because they're going to be scaling into bigger deals mm, from so you're saying in by 23 24 that's when a major recession is going to hit yep that's when it's going to start becoming full circle so the first of the 20s is going to be you know a long slow transition as the market changes the rate changes etc and come 23, 24 is when it's going to start coming full circle. And all of the people who already have real estate investments are going to be scaling and expanding because contractions are the best economic times when you've, you know, produced your income, multiplied it, and put money into real estate already. Because you can go from just a four unit, eight unit type of deal to, you know, syndicating a deal of 180 units. Hmm. Because nobody's buying houses. They're looking to rent because of the rates. Right. Well, yeah, and also money's power, too. So if you have the excess money while other people are out there spending it and wasting it, then when Money's not power. Well, when Knowledge you, is power. Of course, but also if, if, if I had more money than you, Tyler, in a recession, then I'm going to be able to do more and make better moves. Granted, I have the knowledge than you would if you didn't have the money. Right. So 
Yeah, no, I, I think it's cool. It's something I need to learn more about. <laughs> it's like, you know, the whole old saying, you know, cash is king. The reason I say that, you know, money isn't power is because cash isn't king, dude. Cash flow is king. If I put a pile of a million dollars on the left side of the table, okay, and then a cash flow of a yearly $1 million on the right side, which one do you think is going to run out? It's going to be the, so just the straight cash. Cash flow is. It's the person that just has the million dollars that's going to that it's going to run out. But if you have the cash flow, which is you're saying that's right. reoccurring, that 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 will last as long as you want it to, as long as you're smart. right. Cash flow is king, not cash. Cash runs out. Cash flow produces. And that's the whole premise behind real estate in the first place. Exactly, and that's why I say real estate isn't just properties or assets. That you yourself are the real estate. You are what people are investing into. People don't do, you know, investments into properties. They're investing in to you to improve what they see as real estate being their physical condition. Right. You could so say you could say that about any business. I feel like, and invest into more businesses. You could say that about any business, in essence, though, because people, the people that work right. with me, they're they're investing in me as far as they like my energy, they like my personality. Not so much they don't care so much about the, the bells and whistles of the program. Right, because what do they want to do? They want to maintain their health so they can invest into more deals, live longer, and create more. Mm -hmm. The ones that understand that. <laughs> Not a lot of people understand that, though. <laughs> right. Which is unfortunate. No, I, I've been getting – Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I've been getting a lot of uh, slack on my, on my posts recently from from people. Like, for example, I posted the other day. I was like, "How can I trust somebody who runs a business who can't even take care of the most fundamental fundamental thing in this earth, which is your own personal health?" And and I was getting a lot of like, "Oh, blah blah blah." Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, it's totally different. When like, it's really not. Like, here's here's an example. Tyler, so if I was going to buy a home from somebody and there was a realtor, both realtors had equal skills and one realtor was massively overweight and like just out of breath and just like really low energy. And, and he had very good skills compared to this other person who's fit, energetic, great vibes. I'm going to choose that guy every single day over the person who's equally skilled but can't take care of their own health. Right. And I think that applies in everything. I mean, if if you're getting hired for a job, if you're somebody who's trying to pitch an investment, if you're somebody that's trying to sell somebody or something, I mean, yeah, you can have awesome skills, but if you have shitty energy because you can't even take control of your own health, then the person probably is going to feel that vibe and, and not want to work with you. <laughs> that's my I'm opinion. Like for you, dude, if I was you right now, with this being such a self-aware, health-conscious era and generation i would start reaching out to corporations such as you know google facebook um t-mobile companies that are constantly reinvesting into their self and their actual employees because think about it these are employees that sit down for hours at end mm. doing nothing but technical shit they're not moving around constantly yeah so those are people that would benefit of your knowledge and your coaching right there. That would be huge corporate contracts. Yep. That's, that's funny that you mentioned that too. That's another, that's another thing, another project that I'm looking to see how I could dive into it. And instead of working with just the CEO, I'm working with the company, like you said, and that, right. that is something that I don't think anybody's doing online. I know because a part of my um, college degree was, I took a corporate health class and we would go to these different sites and, and they would have everybody in person, but with the digital age, especially being way more connected now over the digital age, I think that the online landscape for that, there's a lot of white space as far as the, the health and fitness side of it for corporate. Right. So like, for instance, for me, okay. In real estate, did you know that 70% of professional athletes, once they become injured and can't, compete or practice in that sport anymore or their contract runs out they get too old to do it etc they actually go bankrupt within mm -hmm. the first 12 months of not being able to do that anymore right 
Right, right, right. Because they were never taught how to <laughs> use their money. Exactly. <laughs> They're just giving these contracts of so many millions of dollars, and they start living it up and blowing the money. Yeah. As opposed to reinvesting it. Right. Their lifestyle no longer matched their income. Right. So what I do is I give free financial and wealth creation um, speakings and seminars here where I live because we have multiple professional athletic teams and I inform them of that. And then I also inform them of how they can actually put their money back into the city, get it tax abated to where they don't have to pay all the taxes for those millions of dollars. And then it'll continue to produce cash flow for them and they'll get more PR, more positive credibility. So more companies such as Nike, et cetera, will want to work with them long after their athletic career. Mm. Especially if they have the personal brand too. So you talk to the Browns? No. <laughs> the Browns is like four hours from me. Okay. I'm in Cincinnati. I was going to say the Browns suck. <laughs> uh, I mean, dude, if you ask me, that's the best kind of teams to go to because when you're at your lowest, you're looking for any and everything to stand out and get more attention. That's true. They're desperate. <laughs> Although I think they're on the up and coming with, uh, with Baker Mayfield and, and they've made some good yeah. moves. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where they go. But that's what I do, dude. I help realize, you know, how they've been neglecting, their own potential because they feel, oh, I feel great. I look great. I'm doing great. Da, 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 da. Well, dude, there's still great shit that you're not even realizing is in front of. So, for mm. instance, hey, Chad. Chad, I'm can here. you hear me? Yeah. No, I'm here. I'm listening. I'm going to ask you a question that a lot of people have been asked over the years in the business world. Okay. I'm ready. Keep in mind, there's no right or wrong answer. It's just perspective. All right. Got it. Is the cup half full or half empty? Is the cup half full or half empty? Half full. Why is it half full in your mind? Because there's always room to grow and expand. Okay. So my perspective is I don't give a fuck if it's half full or half empty. Either way, I supplied the cup. I poured you the water. When you give me the rest of my fucking money, I'll pour the rest for you. So you can stay <laughs> hydrated and do more shit. <laughs> Okay, so somebody you're saying it from a perspective of somebody gives you something, you do what you do with it, and then you'll give more depending on what no, they do with it. My perspective is creation. I want to be the creator. You know, I don't just go off of the answers and the choices that are given to me. I look at it as I'm going to create my own, mm. my own end result. So, for instance, too many people, when they're going into market with something starting up, right, just like you was with your fitness. You was being, you know, the tortoise or the hare in your situation, right? I don't give a shit about which role I am because I'm neither. I'm the finish line that they want to be in the end. I'm where they want to be. Mm. So what do you mean by I was deciding to be the tortoise or the hare? So whenever somebody is starting a business, okay, you know how a lot of people tell you, oh, you want to go in with, you know, full education, full knowledge, et cetera. Don't just jump in. Don't jump over the edge, et cetera, right? Mm. My thing is the more time you sit there twiddling your thumb looking for information and shit is time you can actually be in there, you know, head first, live action in the market, in your field, in your niche. Because failure is inevitable. You want to fail, and you want to fail hard and fast. So my perspective is, and not just with real estate, but with anything, right, is it's better to go into market fast than to go into market slow and never make a mark at all. Yeah, no, I don't think I was just – I never twiddled or decided when I, when I started my business. I mean, you're still doing, you're still trying to figure out how to get to that 30,000. Yeah, but I'm actively trying new things. Right. So when, I think it's unfair. When people start something, they're worried about going in too fast and losing everything, taking that leap of faith. 
They want to go in prepared. Right. But the best way to go in. Yeah, a lot of – yep. No, I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, a lot of people, they'll read the books, they'll watch the videos, and they want to have the perfect plan before they start. But really, it's just paralysis by analysis. Right. It's learn and earn. That's my approach to everything. Learn to earn. You know, the only way to learn something is just like riding a bike, okay? The only way to learn how to ride a bike is fall and scrape your shit up on the concrete. You'll learn real quick how to balance that bike when you scrape your knee. Yeah, no, and people do this a lot in their health and fitness too. I say this all the time as far as strategy. It's either there's two, two different kinds of people or actually three. One, the person that does it. Two, the person that sits there and they're doing paralysis by analysis. Or three, the person who's the window shopper who, or, or the shiny object syndrome. They'll, they'll try the one program. They'll try keto for 30 days. Then they'll do intermittent fasting for 30 days. Then they'll do calorie counting for 30 days. And they can't ever just stick to one way, one process, and improving that process over time. Right. So I think, yeah, putting it into, a, <laughs> into something I understand, which is health and fitness, then yeah, absolutely. I agree. Because, I mean, just like you, when I first started 16 years ago, you know, I didn't have anybody to teach me. I would teach myself as I did it. Mm. So I was, mm. you know, doing a lot of exercises and a lot of nutritional things wrong. Right. And you have to get to that point where you burn your bridges, as Tony Robbins says, right? You got to get to that point where you are willing to figure it out because the alternative sucks so much ass. Right. And I think a lot of people, they never get to that point in their life with, with their business or, or with their health. What do you think? I think a lot of people don't get there because of what they're afraid will happen. So, for instance, okay, a lot of people – say you know that they have commitment issues right because they're unable to commit to something whether it's a relationship a business whatever it is to them right and their situation mm -hmm. i say that mm -hmm. a load of fucking shit you don't have a commitment issue your issue is conviction you don't believe that you can see it through 100 percent and come out on top that's why you don't commit to something that's why you don't take that leap. That's why you don't take the action. You just step back, you stick your toes in it, but you don't go all the way because you don't mm. believe in yourself. Yep. And I say this actually on my sales calls. I say the second most important thing for health and fitness, or actually you could say it's number one is the mindset. And when, and then when I say, and then after I say that, I say, and when I'm talking about mindset, I'm not talking about your willpower or your ability to be consistent because that's what a lot of people think. But I'm talking about your belief in if you actually could achieve this because, Tyler, for example, if you didn't actually believe that you could achieve your health and fitness goal, then no matter how much willpower you have, you'll always find a way to shoot yourself in the foot along the journey. So, right. dude, yeah. And, and this is why I say that health is wealth because there's so many different fucking parallels to growing a business and also getting fit and healthy. Exactly. You know, so and I, think I don't know if you've seen the stuff that I put in the 10X page or anything with Melissa Jackson, but I actually have a neurological condition of an ultra rare type of epilepsy. So seizures and epilepsy happen one of two ways usually. From the brain, CNS, overfiring, and being overstimulated or it's mm. underactive and understimulated and it's overly lethargic, right? So people go into mm. seizures for one of two ways of those. Mine, I have to teeter an invisible line of stimulation and sedation. So if I'm too lethargic, too tired, I can go into a seizure. If I'm overstimulated, I can go into one. So do you have to be careful of drinking? I don't drink. Because of that reason, right? Well, because of that and because why the fuck would I want to spend money on a headache and nausea the next morning and then I'm going to pay me back? That's true. <laughs> and then, the whole company, I don't give a fuck about drinking. What about coffee? You can't have coffee? I don't like coffee. I mean, don't get me wrong. Right. Well, I guess you're good. <laughs> when it comes to like pre-workouts and shit, and I'll do – 
you know, a full scoop of powder straight to the dome. I won't even mix it. I don't give a shit. Swig it around, ready <laughs> to go, has, boom. Have you ever had an episode because of that? Yeah. I had shit in, in the gym? Yeah. I was doing T-bar rows with like six or seven plates, and in the middle of it, you know, at first I was feeling fine. I did like 10 reps. I was going um, for 12. On the 11th one, I blacked out and didn't even know it. And they drove me five miles from the gym that I was at at the time to the hospital. I woke Damn. up. My mother answered the phone. When I called her from the hospital, I said, hey, I had a seizure in the gym. I need you to come pick me up. She said, I'm picking up my next drink and hung up. I then checked myself out after signing discharge papers, walked back to the gym, drove myself home, and went to work four hours later. So I've been in a five-day coma, non-responsive when I was two, and I've been medically pronounced dead and covered up under a sheet detached from you know IVs, heart rate monitor, et cetera, three times in my life. Last one was 2015, Friday the 13th of September, when I had a seizure behind the wheel after being up for a week and a half, starting one of my old businesses, and drove into a lake. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Called my ex at the time, said, hey, come pick me up. I'm here. Da, 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 da. It's like four in the morning. She came, picked me up. I rested for a couple of hours on the couch and then went back to work. <laughs> Still drive to this day, even though I drove into a lake because That's I don't fear. I don't fear. You know, everything falling apart. I've had everything fall apart. I've been homeless multiple times. I don't give a shit because I know in the end that I can and I will make what the fuck I want of whatever I want. You know, and if I die, I have died three times. It's nothing new to me. That is fucking insane, bro. <laughs> that, that's honestly crazy. I don't even know, like, how to respond to that. What... So, yeah, actually, I'll ask you a question. What have you learned from that other than uh, – I'll, I'll let you answer that, actually. What have you learned from those experiences? That in the end, nothing matters aside from you taking the effort because the same energy, the same time, the same effort, the same everything is the same cost whether you sit and watch somebody else do it or you do it your damn self. So when I get under – and, you know, I'm doing vertical leg press with X amount of plates on it, right? I know that if I get that lightheadedness, I can go into a seizure and it can crush me. But I don't give a fuck because I would rather die busting my ass and being the hardest working motherfucker wherever I'm at, whatever I'm doing, and known for it than known for not doing shit at all. Mm. So it gets to that legacy point. Right. For me, you know, it's not being the wealthiest person in the graveyard. It's how many of the motherfuckers left in the world that's still living and people in the graveyard already have I positively influenced and inspired. That's cool, man. So what else do you do? You're a speaker and in, in you're in the real estate, right? Yes. I so do what's this? I'm getting a property management company started first of the year. I'm getting a um, car detailing company started first of the year with another guy that I work with in real estate. He's actually a lender. He did it as a side hustle last year. And I told him how I can help him 10 exit and turn it into legit income. And as opposed to it being side hustle, you know, grow it to the other side of the fucking world where people are making money for us. Hmm. That's pretty cool. So how did you get into speaking? Honestly, dude, I read books. I watched other people speak. I heard their story. And I sat there and I thought, like, you know, people need to hear my story. Not many people who are up on stage speaking have died multiple times, have been supporting themselves since the age of 11 when their mother disowned them. So I told him, you know, last time I met with him, I said, you need to be as serious as I am if I'm going to invest into you in this car detailing business, right? Mm. I said, and I'll give you an example of how serious I am. I had told him before 
just like I did you just now that I've been supporting myself pretty much the majority of my life, right? Right. So the first 10 years, I was actually tortured, beat to death, attempted to be drowned three times, had to fake it, etc. Like literally, like if you ever watch the Saw movies, that's the type of shit that was done to me. Jesus. Like <laughs> strapped to my ankle and wrist to the chair, dirty, like soccer sock in my mouth, layers of duct tape so nobody could hear me scream. You name it, I probably got beat with it. Horse whip included. If you look in my picture, on my close up, close on the outside of my eyes, you'll see small, deep scars. That's from where my adopted stepdad broke glass over my face and made me pick it out slowly. As so, the type of mentality that I bring is what I want in other people. And I told him a short story. I said. You need to learn that just because you got family doesn't mean you need to spend every weekend with them. I said, family doesn't mean anything if you can't do anything for them and they won't do anything for you. I told him he's got what I never had and told him the story of when my mom disowned me. I told him the first thing I did was walk to a crowded church. I found a box cutting blade in a ditch and I stabbed slash cut my left hand through the center vertically because I knew the veins run sideways and at different angles in your hand. So it was gushing. And I did it because church people want to keep their whole we're great Jesus people status and image up for everyone to see. And so they feel very sympathetic for people. They fed me. This is dead of winter. They gave me shit to keep me warm. They let me inside. And then they started to call social services. And that's when I dipped out low key. And went on to the next part that I had to do to survive. Jeez, bro. I didn't know. I didn't know any of this about you. That's fucking crazy. But like everybody says, things happen for a reason, right? And now, now you're able to share that story and inspire other people because of that. Right. And I mean, nobody from either side of my family, my mom or my dad has epilepsy like I do. I have it because... My dad was on meth and God knows whatever else. My mom was addicted to pain and anxiety pills when she was pregnant with me. Mm. So while some people see it as a disability and as a curse, I see it as a gift. Yeah, it's something I have to deal with. Yeah, it's a fucking issue and a half. But I turn it into an advantage because other people can stay up real late. Other people can, you know, drink a shit ton of monsters when needed. And not feel anything aside from a crash when their system starts going down on energy levels, right? Me, Mm. I have to have a bare minimum of eight hours quality sleep, not shitty sleep. Otherwise, I'm liable to go into a seizure. People Yeah, it forces you to be healthy. Right. People can drink and take, you know, psychedelic drugs and stuff and think they're cool because they're getting fucked up and everything. But I can't. So I'm a con- I'm forced to do bigger things more optimally in a shorter amount of time. Yeah, man. I think that's. I think it's actually cool, and I, I do believe that things happen for you and, and not to you. So yeah, that's cool that it's actually forcing you to do things that are going to make you successful. <laughs> so right. it, it actually is a gift. <laughs> Which is cool, though. That's yeah, man. That's fucking crazy. And I that's didn't know that, that, that you went hard for me, especially to the diet, because I know suffering. I know going without. It's nothing to me. I've done it my whole life. So, what are things that you focus on in your health besides the sleep? Aside from sleep, I make sure that you know I get the right amount of nutrients. I make sure that everything's timed properly. I make sure that, you know, my mind is clear. And so that's why I work out first thing in the morning a lot of the times because that's when your mind is most clear and you get your best thoughts and ideas from it. Right. And yep. you're not just taking the day after that, dude. I always perform better if I've worked out first thing as opposed to not working out. Yeah. No, I agree. I work out in the morning too. 
do you do anything like, cause you're talking about mind clarity. Do you do anything like meditation or anything of that nature? Nope. I listen to audiobooks while I sleep, audiobooks while I work out, audiobooks while I'm working, etc. I'm constantly training my mind because if my mind can work better and evolve into something that, you know, 99% of the other people's minds don't, then that gives me that much more to be ahead of them in anything. I did a Spartan race last year, didn't even train for it. It was actually in the middle between two different shows, right? It was at a ski resort in Indiana called Perfect North. It was 23 obstacles, four miles up and down ski slope hills the entire time. And I finished ahead of three groups that was at least an hour to hour and a half ahead of me. I was 12th out of the thousands of people and did it in 75 minutes. <laughs> That's fucking cool. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's cool, man. And fuck, I was going to ask another question. What was I going to ask? What were we talking about prior to the Spartan race? Just the mindset of suffering. No, we were talking about – there was something about health and fitness that we were talking about. You was asking what I look for and what I make sure to do for myself. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I totally forgot what the question I was going to ask. <laughs> but, but, yeah, no, dude, I think that why, – why do you – or do you preach to other people in your company or other people that you work with about health? Yeah, and they hate like, it. Like what do you notice in the field about – people's perception of health and wealth honestly in my company you know there's one that has asked me to help him and you know within the first few days his body started transitioning and transforming and he ended up losing um like six or seven pounds mm. i've noticed that the first thing that people always report to me is the energy levels yeah. Every time, every time, even before the weight loss, they're like, now, nope, just he's gotten way more energetic. The first thing he does in the morning is go to the gym. Hmm. I remember actually what I was going to talk about now. We were talking, you were talking about audiobooks. How the hell do you listen to an audiobook when you're sleeping? Because when you sleep is actually when your mind is most vulnerable and most in a sponge like condition to where it absorbs information with no resistance, no questioning, no nothing. So you just have it playing 24-7? Yep, I have it playing while I sleep. And then when I get up and go to the gym in the morning, I'll start at the same chapter I started it at before going to sleep so that my mind recognizes the information and it becomes instinct information. It becomes a beta response from my mind to my body. Do you ever have times where you feel like you're going into auditory stress? What do you mean? Well, there's a thing that if you just constantly have stimulation audit, audit, like through audio, then you're going to literally go mentally insane. No, because that's where I thrive, dude. In school, I was special ed. I was in what's called the SCBD program. I didn't get what's to walk in my graduate What's that mean? SCBD is Georgia's special ed program. It stands for Severe Emotional Behavior Disorder. So it's a combination of people with like behavioral um, – issues learning issues stuff like that it's pretty much like all types of special need in one program right mm. gotcha yep and i was in nope, it because i, I can relate to that with, you know your everyday student i didn't learn like that i didn't learn through physical reading i learned through listening and actually physically practicing something that's why i was always better at sports than learning and when I figured out that audio was the way that I learned best and I took in stuff more optimally and I remembered it, that's when I just, you know, 10 x it and revved it up, dude. Yeah. Yeah, no, right now one of my one of my goals is to listen to a book a week. So I'm, I'm on that grind. I like audio way better. I sucked at school. I basically was asked to repeat the eighth grade, but I didn't. It just pushed me through the system. <laughs> but I, I do have a question for you, Tyler, as we're wrapping up here. What do you do outside of working out and work? Like what, what do you do? What would you consider leisure aside from your work and from listening to audiobooks and working out? So 
I don't really have much leisure because, you know, kind of like Gary V. I'm a workaholic. I feel better at work than I do on a vacation. I personally haven't had a vacation in 11 years. I won't even allow myself to have much of a leisure trip aside from stuff like, you know, growth con and stuff like that for another six, because I plan on buying a Gulfstream jet in cash by the time I'm 35. How old are you right now? 29. I retired from a nine to five life at the age of 26, as opposed to 66, like the masses. Because I turned away my 20. How close, how close are you to getting your jet? Nowhere fucking near. You know, what are you going to do to change that? Take more action. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, the only thing that I can really do is take more action because it's all a numbers game, as you know, in anything. The more you do, mm. the more likely you are to break through. Mm. Absolutely, dude. Dude, I want to say thank you for having me on here. I do have another podcast I have to attend in 10 minutes, so I want to get a little drink of water and, uh, and get back to back to that. For sure. Like, I even told my fiance, we're not taking a honeymoon when we get married next year. I said, I'm not going <laughs> for that shit. It's not going to pay said, It's not going to better our lives. We can do that when, you know, I'm a fucking billionaire and on the fucking island people want to come to. But right now, yeah. it's not a priority. You want to do that because of that. <laughs> and she said she completely supports it and understands because she knows what I'm about. Well, that's good. Because <laughs> like I just said, I've had girlfriends break up with me because of, of that mindset. <laughs> I have too. And this one has done nothing but invest into me. She paid for me to get my real estate license. Really? Because there I'm fucking broke. That's fucking awesome, dude. I got to find me a girl like that. 